This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks for being with us on this Saturday morning. Well, as I mentioned, the Court of Appeal in this province has released a judgment in a case about discrimination against the street homeless population of Vancouver. And joining us to talk a little bit more about the decision and what this means is Raji Mangat, Director of Litigation at West Coast Leaf. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the program. Uh, Leaf was an intervener in the case. Maybe bring us up to speed, if you can, on uh, how this started and what this case was about. Sure. Um, So West Coast Leaf intervened um, in coalition with another uh, social justice nonprofit, the Community Legal Assistance Society. This case started um, quite a long time ago. Uh, back in, I think, 2009, um, when the Downtown Ambassadors Program of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association um, was alleged to be engaging in this practice of um, sort of a pattern of moving street homeless people along from public spaces in the downtown core. Um, The complaint was brought on behalf of the street homeless population by an organization called Bandu, which is a Vancouver area network of drug users. And that complaint was to say that this practice of the downtown ambassadors uh, private security um, force was discriminatory on the basis that the vast disproportionate population vastly disproportionately the population of street homeless is made up of indigenous people and people with disabilities both mental and physical um, so this was a complaint brought to the BC Human Rights Tribunal um, at the BC Human Rights Tribunal um, there was a decision in 2010 uh, that said or rather the decision was in 2012 the case was heard in 2010 um, that this was not, in fact, a discriminatory because there was no connection between the the fact that the population is disproportionately made up of Indigenous and um, disabled people and the fact of this harmful treatment of having them moved around. The, the tribunal accepted that this was a harmful thing. It accepted that the majority of street homeless people are made up of those two groups, but didn't find a connection between the treatment that they were receiving um, at the at the hands of the downtown ambassadors and their protected characteristic, namely the fact that they're Indigenous and the fact that they're disabled. So that was appealed, or rather reviewed by the BC Supreme Court, um, because Van Du uh, brought that forward. Um, at the BC Supreme Court, the judge agreed with Van Du and said, no, no, this is uh, discriminatory on its face because of the fact that the vast majority of people within the street homeless population are made up of these two groups. And so there's this systemic kind of discrimination happening here. Then that was the decision that was ultimately, again, appealed up by the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association to the BC Court of Appeal. The case was heard um, in October of 2016, and we just got a decision um, this week. And the decision then from the appeal court is to, they have upheld the dismissal? That's right. They've upheld what the tribunal had decided, which is that there wasn't enough evidence to sort of connect the the bad treatment of street homeless people to the fact that they are disproportionately Indigenous and disabled.
Right. Wouldn't it be, it seems like, I mean, at issue is, uh, there are two things it seems here. One is the issue on how a particular group, and in this case, the the ambassadors are treating street homeless. And the other issue is that there is this disproportionate number of street homeless who are indigenous and people with disabilities. Uh, Wouldn't it have been more so, though, look like discrimination if that number was a lot smaller in that? Wouldn't it then appear that the ambassadors were targeting uh, the people who are indigenous and with disabilities rather than if there's such a large number and they're targeting all street homeless, it's not as though they were going out specifically to target that group. That's true. Um, but street homelessness is not a protected characteristic in the Human Rights Tribunal or in the Human Rights Code, rather. So the 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 distinction is that when you have this a group of people who are are sort of facing so many barriers. There's a reason why the disproportionate number of street homeless people are disabled and are Indigenous, that it sort of evokes a pattern um, and a systemic kind of form of discrimination as opposed to, like, you don't need to be intentionally going out and targeting people for it to be discrimination. It can be discrimination in its adverse impact on a group. And so that's the distinction between what you're describing, which would be direct discrimination. Like, hey, wait a minute, that person is Indigenous, and that's why I'm going to move that person, rather than, oh, we have a problem with homeless people being an eyesore in public spaces, and so we're just going to move these people along because we don't want to see them um, you know, in our beautiful city. Right. Uh, has, mm-hmm. Have things changed? As you mentioned, this is something that's been going on in this case since 2009, uh, the, that decision in 2012 now being upheld. Uh, have things changed at all, do you think, as far as how street homeless are treated? Um, I wish I could say that I think things have changed, but um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I still see instances of people... Um, being asked to sort of go away because of who they are and what they represent in the city. So I don't know. I I think that the Downtown Ambassadors program itself may have changed somewhat. um, But in terms of sort of discrimination against our street homeless population, I don't think that that's changed. Right. And and in some cases, though, I, I guess it's it's that it's the difference as well. But the, and the issue of having street homeless and having somebody and, and I would imagine if you're a business owner and suddenly mm-hmm. there's a person or two people or three people who are camped out at your front door, uh, you're not asking them to move, hopefully, because you're looking at them and they're indigenous or they have disabilities. You're asking them to move or wanting them to move along because they're stopping people from coming into your business. Right. And I think that, you know, the way that this uh, complaint was framed was really looking at it. It was definitely it was narrowed enough so that it was it was situations where it was public space where no law was actually being violated, um, and you know I can understand the concerns that business owners would have um, in the downtown core about you know whether others would like to come into that business or not, but that those public spaces are public spaces. They're spaces for everyone. They're not spaces that are, um, that belong only to business owners. So, you know, I I understand those concerns, but I think it does say something about um, how we view public spaces generally. If we're, if we're willing to sort of say, well, we're okay with kind of the most vulnerable people in our community being moved out of our sight. 
What do you think this does in future then? Is, is there room then or is there an opportunity? Do you think, will somebody bring forward a case and, and bring it in uh, under human rights, uh, saying that human rights are being violated? Or does it, does it stop that from happening again? Well, I think it makes it harder because a lot of the evidence that was presented to the tribunal was was statistical evidence. And in my view, and in the view of this coalition of West Coast Leaf and the Community Legal Assistance Society, there was enough in those in that statistical evidence for the for the tribunal and the courts to be able to make the inference of the adverse effect systemic discrimination that I'm describing. But the judgment of the Court of Appeal doesn't foreclose the possibility that, you know, in a different case um, for street homeless or for another particularly vulnerable group, that, you know, there wouldn't be, you know, with additional evidence to sort of really highlight that connection, that there couldn't be a successful um, human rights complaint on the basis of discrimination. So I, I I don't think that it forecloses the possibility, but I do think it makes kind of access to justice more difficult because part of the reason why this complaint relied on statistical evidence is because this is a very difficult population to be able to present to a court to provide evidence, Um, especially when you're talking about things that happen over a period of time. um, They're happening kind of, it's, it's not something that there may be much recording of. It's going to be very hard for a lawyer to go and find exactly who was moved at exactly what point in time. Um, So that's why it was brought as a representative complaint, uh, as a complaint that was systemic in nature. And um, I think it will, you know, having to provide this extra connection evidence that we don't think was necessary beyond what was already presented is going to make it more difficult, uh, certainly, for a successful challenge, but I don't think it's impossible. The court certainly seemed sympathetic to the difficulties that um, someone advocating on behalf of street homeless people um, would have in presenting kind of that evidence directly from that population. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm disappointed um, that the court didn't see the evidence as sufficient, but I don't think it forecloses the possibility um, that there could be a successful complaint in the future. All right, uh, Ranji, we'll leave it there. Always great to to have you on the show to uh, explain these decisions for us. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time this morning. Oh, thank you for having me on the program. Good morning. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.